Here we go, guys. Maiden A to Z back again from the land of the snow and ice. That is Sweden right now. And yes. uh, I don't know if I'm seeing double or what is going on, but it's like it's double Eric's. Two Eric's. Two Eric's. Two Eric's. So we have, as usual, my buddy here on Maiden A to Z, Eric, but we also have Eric Arco. Another Eric. Yeah. Or Eric Arco, perhaps. Yeah, as, uh, as they say in the, the English speaking uh, countries, it's, it's hard with the er. It, it sounds yeah. like you're choking or something. But it looks, yeah, yeah. It looks <laughs> badass. It looks like a motorhead or something like that, right? Yeah. So I think it looks good for an international audience. It's good branding, I guess, for us, for us Northerners. And uh, yeah, you're known from your YouTube channel, first and foremost, perhaps? Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Uh, it's kind of taken off, uh, which is fun. Uh, yeah. I, th I think that's where most people find me. Um, and then, yeah, I, I, pl I play with with my bands as well. But I think I think YouTube is like the the one thing that people yeah. recognize me for the most. And it's uh, centered around bass, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, and metal bass, of course. Bass. Yeah. So you're like you're trying products and uh, testing bases and stuff, and also some musical analysis, or yeah, yeah, exactly, and uh, and like some lessons from time to time, and uh, yeah, geeky, nerdy bass stuff. I try to, I try to, yeah. Stay yeah. nerdy, I guess, yeah. <laughs> yeah, stay nerdy, exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's what we try to do as well, and I think it's been working out so far in both of our so cases. So far it's been going pretty yeah. good, yeah. I mean, it's a gift that keeps on giving, I think, the, yes, the nerdy side of life. And uh, yeah, again, yeah. like the best way, I think, to get to know a guest in this context is to know your, your, your maiden story. Like, how did you get into the band? And do you recall, like, first time hearing them and what song it was? So Maiden wasn't, like, the first metal band that I got into. Um, I got into, like, Hammerfall when they were on uh, Vox Pop, which was, like, oh, the wow, famous yeah, yeah. yeah the, the famous TV show for all of us who didn't have, like, cable and whatnot. That was, like, the, the waterhole that you went yeah, to like, every... Uh, Sweden's Top of the Pops. Yeah, ex yeah exactly. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. so uh, I think I've... I had like heard a few Maiden songs like before this uh, occasion, uh, but um, well, it, it, it kind of started with this guy who was I think was one year younger than me uh, in in the school back in Mura, where I grew up up north here in Sweden, uh, and uh, he was like this big Maiden fan, and uh, he came up to me one day and was like, "Eric, uh, do you want some Maiden CDs?" I was like, "What? You want to give them to me?" Yeah, I have these burned copies. All right, because yeah. he had like, and oh, he had yeah. pr he had, so, he had printed, that. yeah, he had printed the covers and everything. I was like, yeah, I, I've started to buy. Uh, I, I have like my parents have given me like these albums, so you can have my old copies. Right. Like, okay, th thank you. So I got Best of the Beast and Brave New World, and this was back in two thousand and two, maybe I think. Yep. Um, so I remember like. Uh, Coming home and like, yeah, okay, I know Best of the Beast, I know these, like, I know Run to the Hills, I've heard that one. Uh, but then I put on Brain New World, and uh, like, The Wicker Man was, I, I thought it was a cool song, like, 
epic and all of that. But then when the Ghost of the Navigator came on, I was like, oh my god, this is it. This is yeah. this is theater of the mind, like like Bruce says right. in his book. Like it, it was, um, I was like floored by the lyrics and by the melodies and like how it went from being like soft and like yeah, uh, I was uh, caught right there and then. And uh, the thing with bands like Hammerfall that they were tuning down half a step to like E flat, and mm-hmm. I had um, I had this. Fender guitar tuner. Uh, this was bef- uh, before you had smartphones, kids, so you couldn't just tune to any note. So this tuner could only tune to E, A, D, G, B. So you couldn't tune to E flat. And I didn't know that if you fretted like the first fret, you would, yeah, you could tune to yeah. E flat. <laughs> I didn't know that. I didn't like comprehend right. that. So I, I never played along to like the Hammerfall tracks and whatnot. But when the uh, when I saw the Maiden, just like man, these guys, they tune in standard tuning. I can play along to this. Uh, so I did. So I learned like the entire album of uh, <laughs> Brave World and then Best of Good. the Beast. Right. And then uh, like I went to the local library library, and they had uh, Rock in Rio on CD. Mm. <laughs> so I got that one as well and I borrowed it for like way too long and got like these, you know, fees for like, yeah, yeah. over uh, for closing the loans and whatnot. But yeah, so... <laughs> My my routine that summer was getting up in the morning, having breakfast, going into the living room, closing the door, playing through Rock in Rio and Best of the Beast, and then having lunch, and then going back and do it all over again. So right. that was pretty much how I learned to play bass. Nice uh, existence, really. And I mean, I connect to that story on several levels because I did my own covers as well on my burnt CDRs. Yeah. I have one still to this day in my shelf. is uh, the first Maiden show I attended, which was oh. uh, 2000. The Brain New World Tour. So I have this P3 um, Swedish radio recording burnt to a oh. CD with my own cover. And the oh, font, that's the, awesome. The font is a bit skewed and, you know, <laughs> it's, it's really charming. And I, I still pick it up sometimes. It's a good recording. It's uh, almost as good as, as the Rio version of it. Yeah. And, uh, also, I want to um, note Ghost of the Navigator because that song also like, it blew my head off. Yeah. I had heard Wicker Man. I saw it on Vox Pop as well. Yeah, yeah, address. exactly. They and, had a uh, video there. Yeah, yeah, I remember telling my mom, uh, I was 13, or at the time, telling her, like, Maiden's on TV. And she was like, all right, why, what are you doing? Put the volume up, you know, <laughs> this is <laughs> yeah. your time. So I did, and then obviously hearing that song goes to the Navigator was so, just so cool. The main yeah. riff in that one is still, I think, to this day, one of the strongest Maiden riffs I've ever heard. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's great. And... Like the hits just kept on coming on that album. Like after Ghost of the Navigator, when I was like, I was sitting there, he's shaking, like, this is awesome. Then came Brave New World, and the lyrics yeah. were even more like poetic. I was like, oh my God, this is, this is beautiful. And then there was uh, like the, the tune, the. I was like, oh my God. Yeah. There that it is. Beautiful. We're getting there soon as well. It's going to yeah, be yeah, the, first, yeah, no. the first song of. of Brave New World, and it's such a, it's also yeah. be- become like this bigger song than it was. I mean, it was already a big song when it was released, but it kind yeah. of, similar fashion, I would say, to Nothing Else Matters by Metallica mm. that was addressed to a certain family member at first, but then it became the fans song, like the yeah, anthem exactly. for the fans. And it's, it's quite beautiful, actually, quite touching, I would say. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it really is. And uh, the way yeah. it kind of expanded. And yeah. obviously we're, we're here to to focus on bass today. The episode is entitled Bass of the Beast. Oh, and, uh, finally. You'll, yeah, you'll be the ambassador <laughs> for that. And I, I hinted also on our Instagram the other day at this photo of Steve and Adrian that they have something in common. 
uh, you know, concerning us, and that is that they're both uh, like graced with an <laughs> with an episode uh, fo- mm-hmm. focusing exactly. solely on their work uh, as musicians in this band. So that's kind of where we are right now, and uh, you've got the bass ready and set up. Yeah, I got the bass ready, um, and yeah, so I'm probably gonna make a lot of like true harris fans upset now because i'm not playing a fender i'm playing a yamaha bass and uh, yeah i'll I'll get i'll get to the geeky stuff soon but hey it works i'm not steve i (laughs) i try to lick his bass playing boots yeah uh, the the best i can but i think steve would respect the billy sheehan signature yeah it's it's basically a p bass right but uh, yeah exactly yeah uh yeah it's it's a billy sheehan signature bass uh it's the limited one it's the first edition this one is from 1994 uh, and it was sitting in a music store in stockholm i don't know if you can see it but it's been signed four times all right oh wow (laughs) by by billy sheen it was sitting at uh, four sound uh at folkungatan here in stockholm and uh, they they went out of business i think was last year or, no, year, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, I was lucky enough to get a text from uh, Basse, who works there, and was like, "Do you want to buy this?" Yeah, yes. <laughs> because I remember when Four Sound was going to go out of business, there was they're having a you know going on a business sale, and in my in my sort of naive delusions, I assumed I'm going to go down there, I'm going to find something really cool, really cheap, it's going to be really cool, and it's going to be great, and I'm going to it's going to be amazing. And I got down there, and that, at that point, the only things that were available were like ukuleles and like guitar picks. Uh, that's all they had left. Everything yeah. else had been yeah, they had been scavenged by that point. They had had been yeah. looted, you know. Yeah, Pillaged. it was it was crazy. Uh, and I mean, I had been looking at this bass for like years since I first moved to Stockholm. It was sitting on. I still have the sticker here on it that says "Not for sale." Eighty right. cool. <laughs> which uh, it is not. It's no longer for sale, right? No, no, no. It, it, it's coffee. definitely not. No, <laughs> exactly. It's a cool bass. It looks super fast. It yeah, it, it really it, it really is fast. Uh, it's a pretty big neck actually, um, so it's not like a flat, you know, like more Ibanez basses or such. Mm. But it's like yeah, you you need to fight with it, but that's good. Yeah. But it's it's pretty fast. <laughs> yeah. Now, how does your rig look here? So you got that bass. What is it? What, what are you playing into now? Is it a? Uh, oh, I'm. Uh, oh, this is this is uh, all new stuff. Uh, I've got. Let's see if I can show you. I got. All right. Uh, uh, this one isn't out yet. This is the Neural DSP Quad Cortex. Ooh. So I, I don't know when we're airing this or when you're airing this, but um, in a yeah, month roughly, this is, like mid mid Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it should be out by then, hopefully. Uh, I'm better testing it, uh, so I'm, I'm I'm really grateful for being uh, allowed to do that. It's it's a really cool unit. With it has the touch screen. You can do captures. You can like I've I've cloned this preamp into this one, and it's like. It's it's insane. So mm-hmm. cool. I'm I'm using that and running it straight into uh, my um, SSL two plus from Solid State Logic. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. We talked about that so. one. I wanted to recommend that to my other pod colleague because he's looking for a new card to kind of get out of the Focusrite swamp. You know. Yeah, it's and it's, said, it's a great maybe, card. Maybe that one is not expensive at all. And no, I think uh, your your YouTube channel. I checked it out a bit uh, before this, and it's a really nice vibe over there. I would say you know it's uh, mm-hmm. super friendly. Yeah, thanks. I dig it. Yeah, I dig it. And I, the recommendation came from our previous guest, Christian Niemann. Uh, so I didn't exactly. know before that, but uh, yeah, that's what we try to do here to to expand this uh, maiden Actually, network. Yeah. At this point, our previous guest would probably be uh, Mr. Don Swaner, right? That's correct. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 
previous. So that we're still, up at four guests now, I think. Well, previous, technically you're correct because it, I, I'm just being, no, you're, you were right at the beginning with, Christian will still be a previous guest. Never mind. <laughs> still Ignore everything a, you said. A previous guest, but not, I guess, yeah. not the most previous guest. <laughs> no, exactly. You know, we, the we, most previous. We, we kind of messed yeah. up our, our chronologic order quite, uh, quite early. Yeah. No, I, yeah, no, no, I did it. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. Sorry about that. That's just <laughs> what it is. You know, you're recording yeah. in advance, folks. So that's what you have to do. This. Sometimes it's like the day before release. Sometimes mm. it's months before. So exactly where we are right now and i think this is a month before and yeah, yeah. i guess yeah. we should dive into some bass some bass lines and bass playing yeah so I, I i guess i'll just geek out about steve and like what i yes what if i find makes him so unique as a bass player because mm-hmm. um i've been doing a lot of analyzation of his playing and whatnot and you can really see how he still like, kind of clings to the fact that maiden was a, a four piece uh in, in a way, in in some aspects of his playing, he's, he's uh, still doing the chords. He never like uh, on on the one. He's never like he's always doing the yeah. chord. Um, so like he he kind of he he kind of plays like a second or a third, or in this case fourth, fourth. guitarist yeah. right. to like fill up the sonic space, uh, which is quite unique. Uh, for him um or at least it was i mean so many people have copied that since yes uh, but that's like a huge part of his playing like the, these big chords that he always plays and um yeah uh yeah we we, is, we touched on that with the swana as well with don swana that uh, these bass players a lot of the legendary guys uh, we have chris squire from yes we have uh, yes. geddy lee from rush and we have steve the three good examples none of them really work in the sub register no. They work in a much higher register, often even yeah. higher mm-hmm. than, than the guitar. If you're, if you're a mixer guy, you realize, yeah. that, okay, the guitar has a kind of root note here around 400 or something. You move up and you find it in the bass at 800. Obviously, yeah. it's not the root note, but it's the most no. important kind of overtone. Uh, yeah. that really creates this uh, rocking vibe. Um, I mean, Rush, Yes, and Maiden, fairly different bands, but they all benefit from this clanking percussive bass, right? One thing that they all had in, the one thing that they all have in common is that all of these guys are rotosound players actually. All of oh. them play rotosound strings. Really? Uh, yeah. But not However, flat wound, right? No, exactly. Steve is the only one who plays flat wounds. Uh, flat wounds. Wounds. Flat wounds. Uh, <laughs> flat wounds. I don't hurts. know, man. I don't know. That's uh, very right. Yeah, and like that's another aspect of Steve's like tone that you uh, like I mean Obviously, I'm not playing with his signature set. I've tried it. I've demoed it. It's it's a real cool like set. It's pretty heavy, like mm-hmm. heavy gauged. And uh, most guys think that like Steve hits it really hard. Like if I were to mimic his style, that sounds pretty much like it. And like I'm playing on the pickup, and I'm playing with three fingers. Steve plays pretty much like almost by the bridge mm-hmm. with two fingers and he like barely touches the string he's got like this massive headroom to his like tone with which kind of like creates this entire sonic experience of his playing uh like when you hear the isolated tracks you're like oh he's he must hit it really hard no he, he actually hits it like pretty softly i heard nico touch on this but i thought nico was joking 
because he said, oh, boys and girls, everybody thinks Steve hits them really hard. He tickles them. He tickles yeah. the strings. <laughs> yeah, he really does. And like, uh, and it makes no sense if you like watch the videos and like, oh, he must hit it like, it's like, like a yeah. jackhammer. But like, no, it's, it's like... And then he does this left hand muting as well, like uh, Rocco Pastilla from Tower of Power. Like he mm-hmm. like lifts his hand, so you get this like these staccato notes. Oh, yeah, it's with the uh, left hand. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> that makes. I always wonder what that was all about. Yeah, and uh, also like a quick thing that I just got to my mind now that you played the trooper there is that there was the first time in my life that I registered what a bass was. Because I was yeah. a, a kid, yeah. I was listening to the Trooper in, at my countryside place in a very, very small, shitty boombox, uh, boom blaster, or whatever they're called. And uh, at one point, this robot voice comes in the background, like, what is that robot all about? And then I realized, okay, that's the clanking, that must be the bass. <laughs> so that's the first time I differentiated bass from guitar. That was the so-called robot voice in the Trooper, which is actually like overtones galore. Yeah, yeah exactly. And like... Um, and that's another aspect of his, his tone. Like uh, he he got this new signature pedal out like two years ago, I think, or one year, uh, the Tech Twenty One one. Yeah. Uh, and most people think that he plays with like this extremely clean and pristine tone. It's actually a bit dirty and like close to like some. I mean, the tone that I've got now is all clean, but like a more. Um, um driven well, maybe yeah and more and like a more accurate representation of his tone would be like this one which has a bit of dirt to it yeah. and that kind of you know it gives you some upper harmonics and also fills out the sonic space a bit more even uh and in a full mix you you don't hear the distortion you just hear like a massive bass tone sure uh, but once you listen to the isolated tracks, you can hear like, okay, th- there is some distortion going on there, and a lot of compression, obviously. Like these, the yeah. studio tracks are crazily compressed, which is beautiful. I love, <laughs> I love compression. It does sound good <laughs> on a bass, doesn't it? You know, yeah, just, yeah. Uh, it makes it more, uh, more hi-fi in a sense, you know. Uh, even though yeah. it's actually, maybe it's actually taking away information, musical information, but it's not really, you know. It's kind of focusing in. Uh, yeah, on, on uh, and I mean. Both of you guys are guitar players, uh, yeah, like yeah, mainly, I, I, I assume. Uh, like a guitar has this uh, dynamic wrench. This much dynamic wrench, let's yeah. say. A bass has this, once yeah. you plug it in. Like yeah, unplugged, huge. a bass is a useless. But once you plug it in, it's like, it's, mm-hmm. it's massive. You got like, so like this massive dynamic wrench that you need to like, trim down to make it usable yeah uh, and that's where compression comes comes really handy uh, because if you don't compress your bass tone you got this like you, you can go way too soft and way too loud uh, and it gets out of control basically so yeah. compression is like a huge part of and also i mean on the other side of the coin we discussed before when we were nerding out about bass that uh, i did i recently did a session bass uh, yeah bass session uh, three live occasions and I realized that I'm not really that much of a rig head when I'm a guitar player. You know, I need my kind of my tone, my distortion. I like good speakers too. Like the speakers need to be good, but it's not super important. As long as the guitar is in good shape, I can always kind of find a tone. But playing bass, I realized that I need way more of a rig in order to do it good because you want to have the access to some of the most rumbling depths. 
But yeah. you also want to have access to what we talked about now, the attack and, and that kind of thing. So yeah. I needed a way more versatile, or let's say way more headroom as a bass player, but still the compressions, you know, it's, it's yeah, it's kind of double, it makes it hard for a bass yeah. player to find this perfect yeah. note. Oh yeah, I, 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 was gonna, I imagine that, I think just thinking about it, because the times I've played bass on, in live situations, and I'm a guitar player, so um, first, first and foremost, and a lot of times the guitarists will get tons of time to, you know, fine tune their sound. Yeah. And the bass player, well, they plug it in, and it makes a noise, and then they're done. Yeah, because there's an illusion of it. You don't require, you know, it's just a lot easier, and it's 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 just as hard, if not harder, to get a good, you know, yeah, bass tone if you're going to do something special with it. And I think a lot of, um, you know, and I, I'm not just talking about like when I was like you know 15 playing at places. I'm talking about like when I was you know even in later years playing at places, and they just they would they didn't really give a shit. People no. who supposedly know what they're doing would just kind of, you know. They turned on the thing and it made noise and then you're done. Yeah, exactly. Whereas the guitar players dick around for half an hour. Yeah. yeah, pretty much. So so that's kind of like how my YouTube thing started because I cared about my tone and I wanted mm. to like be able to dial in a, a good live tone. Um, and like even today when I'm doing a sound check, it's like as long as I can hear myself. Okay, thank you. I'm done. Yeah. Uh, because like you've gotten so used to being like thrown, <laughs> thrown yeah, under yeah. bus. Yeah. Um, I mean, from, from the perspective, I, I did most of the money I made in music has been from doing front of house and monitor engineering for live purposes. And uh, really, like the guitarists, they bring so many troubles and problems that they could have dealt with prior. Yeah. And that takes yeah. up time for doing what we should do at the, uh, with it, which is kind of adapting a already functioning rig. To yeah. uh, the venue at hand, right? Exactly. And, and the bass players, they come from usually, I mean, this is stereotyping here, but they usually come from a different kind of personality uh, yeah. strain, I would say. And they are way more prepared and they are way less inclined to give me work that I haven't asked for. So Ex that would be the reverse. I would have to ask them, are you really happy with how it sounds e now? E exactly. You're, you're having a mask on. I mean, you're being very nice to me, but we should spend some time on, on making your experience comfortable here. Uh, exactly. Also, drummer is a bit similar, but guitarists and vocalists are always, yeah. Let's just face it; they are the dicks of any rock band. <laughs> yeah, you know? definitely. I mean, I, yeah. I, I just that, that gave me a flashback to you know when it used to be gigs when the when glam rock kind of became a thing again for like two seconds, and that especially then you get guitarists who would bring who wanted to bring their own uh, their own amp heads to gigs, but then just drowned it in so much distortion stuff. That, you know, you had this really yeah. fancy amp but you didn't get to use it because properly because it was just drowned in all these effects and it was just to show that they had their own cool martial exactly. amp and they were being you know yeah. exactly like yeah. the digital revolution in guitar gear i mean it is it has helped so much my prog metal band structural disorder like the guitar player singer there marcus he was a very early adopter of the pod and later on the helix and i mean it just saves so much time. Yes. And now Patrick, who's the guitar player in my main band, Six Feet Deeper, he's also a Helix guy. And it's so easy. Like, he's got a low cut set for like 130 hertz and like a high high shelf as well. So like the guitar tone is like, it's ready to go. Yeah. You just need to like adjust the volume. And that's the way it should be, I think. Because yeah. Yeah. today you can actually spend some time with your gear and actually dial in a good live tone. That being said, bass is probably the hardest one to dial in uh, like the live tone because you need to uh, account for the Fletcher Munson curve and all of that uh, cool yeah. stuff that yeah. I won't get into today yeah. because and really again you want this kind of chunky comp compressed tone that is yeah. steady but you also want a bit of range way more so than a guitar like you explained before that uh, 
the range of the instrument is just bigger. And yeah. obviously we're talking Steve now, so maybe it's a bit more narrow than, let's say, uh, I don't know, a reggae bass player or something. Yeah. But still, you know, within that uh, narrow spectrum, it is important for him to be in the right spot. And I'm sure that there's a reason that he has, has had the same sound pretty much since the start. Exactly. Uh, he yeah. likes it there. That's yeah. his, that's his own. That's where he, he that's where he thrives. That's where he delivers. I think. Yeah, and uh, and I mean his bass tone kind of wouldn't work in like many other bands. I was I was thinking about one of my favorite albums uh, earlier, like today when I was was out walking walking with my daughter uh, when she was sleeping. I was like the act X Factor that album. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I actually love that album and. If you if you listen to like the mix on that one, it's like it doesn't make sense in a way because like you can hear it's it's Steve's bass tone, but it's like I don't know. It's kind of like yeah. they they should like remix it. I recently in a received way. it. I received it on vinyl. I recently got it to my house like last mm. week, and I listened with an old friend who's also like you and like me, a big fan of the mm. album. And I realized that with the dif- different mastering on the vinyl, which is uh, not as not as loud, it sounded cooler. It had more like it had an open sound that I hadn't heard oh. before. It mm. sounds like a very non-compressed sound. The, the drums are a bit iffy, but yeah, we're we're not here to discuss drums. There's no. a rabbit hole of its own. <laughs> but uh, I think also some strange things with the production. Like for example, we listened to the aftermath that we previously mm. did in in this show, and yeah. in the chorus you can hardly hear any guitar. We realize it's so really? little guitar. Yeah, check it out afterwards because it's only like bass, drums, and and blaze. You can't cool. hear those power chords, and it sounds good. But it's yeah, it's weird. It's a weird album. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's why the live version of that song is so much better. Probably. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. Strange, strangely yeah. balanced, I guess. Uh, but yeah, I think we're we're kind of dying now to get into guessing a few bass lines that you brought along. Yeah. yeah sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, I'm gonna start off with one that I think th- this is the way Steve intended it to be played. Right. Okay. Uh, let's see if I. I'm gonna go with a bit cleaner one. it up of course so <laughs> it I was pretty I, I didn't hear that i didn't catch your no, message but obviously uh, was, the clansman what yeah a, what a yeah. beautiful song what a classic and isn't it yeah. played on like a, an acoustic bass uh, that yeah yeah it is uh the x factor was i think that was the first album that he used an acoustic bass on actually mm-hmm. um and then it kind of you know it's it's been with him ever since um but yeah um that's an acoustic bass and it's it's kind of weird because that's where the song modulates from like being four four like it starts off in four four like and that's where it goes to like the triplet feel and more like a six eight triplet i don't know how you would like something like correctly that, yeah. yeah yeah something like that uh, and if you listen to the recording he's he, he's slipping yes he's like doing it, it, it's oh, kind of like it sounds so cool though I, I yeah it's very interesting that you brought up this particular bass part because it's one of the more debated ones in my world yeah so in talking maiden a uh, previous pro that i listened to previous they're kind of on a hi- hiatus right now but they discussed that it sounds a bit off on the album yeah like kind of <laughs> yeah it, it sounds like he slips like like he gets stressed out or something yeah like there's like this small 
because live, I, I don't know. live it's more steady. Yeah, yeah, yeah live it's. I don't know if you like oh, try so to cool. slide. <laughs> it's very nice. If you try to like slide it or something. Yeah, I don't know, man. It sounds slightly off on the original, but in a yeah. pretty cool way because it provides this medieval feel. You know, yeah, in <laughs> yeah. a sense, you know, it's, it's thematically it's it's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah it works. It's, it works. It's, it's odd. I would say it's quite odd, but a beautiful baseline. Good choice. Yeah, yeah, it's it's one of my favorite songs. Uh, I actually had a Iron Maiden cover band uh, before. Like it, it was essentially my bachelor party or like part one of it. Like putting together a, an Iron Maiden cover band and beautiful. playing a gig, and we called ourselves the Clansmen. So <laughs> there, <laughs> there you have it. That yeah. could have been misinterpreted weirdly if you're depending on the where in the world you were. The clans yeah. with a C. It's yeah. important. It's important with that C then. Yeah, 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 it really is. And the all white outfits didn't help either. <laughs> there were nice pyrotechnics on stage. Yeah. <laughs> pyrotechnics and crosses. Oh, ah. Yeah. yeah. Ah. yeah kind of went cool. downhill from there. No, it's jokes so fun aside. to play maiden covers in a band. Yeah, yeah, it really is. I did as well. Uh, I don't think we were really up to snuff in technically, like uh, in terms of really nailing it, but we had so much fun. And uh, I mean, yeah. obviously you're not going to try to best uh, the best. <laughs> no, 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 exactly. It's impossible. Uh, me, me and the drummer in Six Feet Deeper, Emil, he's like, he's a massive Armaiden fan. And every chance we get, we just dive into like where Eagles there or whatever. Yeah. And uh, I'm trying to convince uh, Sarah, the singer and uh, the guitar player, Patrick to, to do some Maiden, but they're like, ah, oh, we don't know, maybe. Yeah, you and should, Sarah's you like, should. It usually sounds yeah. pretty good with female vocals as yeah. well. Like uh, we yeah. have another listener, Adam Bryval, and he sent me this clip from when he was in Rhythmus in the music uh, oh. gymnasium, we call it, but yeah, let's say music high school. Mm. And, uh, and she really, that was very well pitched. Obviously, you have a different timbre going on, so it yeah. could be that could be a problem. But in in this case, it was "Hello Be the Name," and it was a great, a great rendition of it. I would say it it kind of yeah. fits the female vocal register, yeah, uh, where the kind of head voice, uh, the high head yeah, voice exactly. of, of, a, of a male, sits a little bit more in their chest territory, uh, which makes exactly. it sometimes slightly more powerful on some notes. Yeah, I would say. Yeah, we're we're thinking about doing uh, like uh, out of the silent planet. That's like one of Sarah's favorite tunes. Uh, That'd be cool. Uh, yeah, uh, m- myself, I would die to do where Eagle Star and just do the you know the, but with some uh, some bass distortion and. That's another place where he plays a, a, a harmony melody. We talked about that with a previous guest, Henrik, uh, from, I think it was, uh, we addressed Inns and Exile. I don't remember if it was that one or Killers or Another Life, probably. And, uh, Another Life, yeah. And he yeah. plays along with the melody. So there's, yeah. no, there's no backing. He's no, 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 exactly. Doing the, doing the, yeah, he's, he's doing, he do, yeah, he does that a lot, especially in the earlier albums. Like a lot of that stuff. Uh, like Charlotte the Harlot and all of that, you know, uh, yeah. stuff. Another thing uh, that he did early on, and here is like the second uh, thing that you, for you to guess, right. because mm-hmm. uh, this is actually two. There, there's a, there are actually two bass tracks on this tune. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. Uh, so it's it's um, dual tracked. Yeah, double yeah, double, tra- tra- double track. That's the word. Sorry. Uh, so I'm gonna try and play both of them. So it's like this.
Yeah, Eric. That's uh, how it'll be the name, correct? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There are some harmonics there. Yeah, the bells, mm. right? They kind of represent yeah, the bells. Yeah. Very beautiful it, with the natural harmonics. Yeah. Very cool. He did that a lot in the early albums, like on uh, Murders in the Room Mode. He did love like harmonics early on. Then he kind of you know left that area for a few a few years. There's a few on X Factor as well, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> some really strange ones too, like the Unbeliever is terrible. Oh odd, yeah, terribly odd. Yeah, yeah. This sounds like you're tuning. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that's a weird song yeah. super super good chorus in that one but yeah the, rest of the, song the chorus is, a, is like amazing yeah the chorus is like the best chorus one of the best choruses yeah. on the album on but the, it's a weird band <laughs> it's one of the best yeah. choruses in the band it's beautiful yeah we're gonna get to that song yeah. but it's ages from now so we can like quickly years. address it yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean the, the i think blaze hits the the highest note in his register so that it's almost cracking it's yeah so nice i think it's top 10 maiden choruses i'm not even kidding here you <laughs> know No, I, yeah, I agree. It's, it's, it's really, I agree, yeah, totally. And especially when it goes like, the first time the chorus comes, it's like in the 6-8, all my life I run away. Yeah. And then it goes to like, the classic, you know, Nico drum beats. And yeah, it's, yeah, I love that song. Maybe it's on the word astray, perhaps, that he hits this note that is, yes, that's Blaze's highest note that he could do. So it really sounds heroic in a sense, like he's, you know, Yeah, singing for his life in a way, which, yeah. which you know resonates, I think, with a lot of people. But that song being the last on X Factor and with those weird, that weird intro and the, yeah. the verses are also kind of just doesn't make sense. It sounds like no. Tool. It sounds like Tool if they had a brain yeah. accident. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, well, I, I look forward to talking about it in like four years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, but that's that's no worry for us. We want to drag this out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, however, I have actually here is here's another one that's like one of my okay. favorite bass lines by Steve. Mm-hmm. Right. It's out of control. Blood on the world's hands. <laughs> yeah, it really it's is. Just, uh, I mean, we're getting to that song fairly soon. I think it's among, that's like the next like one, right? The next one oh. we're going to record. Yeah, together with the uh, Blood Brothers, actually. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You should have maybe been along for that for that session. Yeah, we can discuss that later. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> would, we can do. Yeah, would kind of make sense actually. And this this is so weird. He changes tempos, right? Uh, left and right. Yeah. But is it is it free time? I would call it free time. Then. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's free time. Yeah, and like those triads, I guess, like when he's, he's, 
it's like well, it's not triads it's like it's just four yeah arpeggiated chords kind of yes some yeah it's like four uh, third roots so it's like g g's four c's four but it moves them in fourths so and yeah. it's really weird but it's it's really cool and i was at first i was like that that's that has nothing to do with the rest of the song but yeah. it kind of it, it gets it he kind of like hints towards a riff that comes like later on way uh, like okay. hidden in the song like, like down in texture but it, there are some some of those uh, uh, lines there yeah. neath the sand it's, it's very interesting that song it's really like yeah uh, uh, I remember listening to it and actually I have a, st- a clip of Steve talking about this that I can I will add in in post for your listeners. Yeah, Blood in the World's that Nick has always been going on me for oh, years really. The bass solo, I never wanted to do one. Um, but I did just a little intro, a little acoustic bass intro thing. And um, basically, you know, um, well, it's not really a solo, but it's, it's a shorter version of one. It's probably about the nearest to the bass solo I'll ever get around. Yeah, he basically explains that uh, Nico was asking him, you should do a solo. I was like, I don't really play solos, you know, I'm not comfortable with that. Mm. So I did this, which is not a solo, but it's a little bit of a solo. That was yeah. his explanation of it. And now that you played it, I we've been on to this in the show that he he's uh, he likes to tell stories with, with the music as well as the lyrics. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now I just thought of it, you know, this is me freebasing here. But uh, when you hear those harmonics, it's kind of like the earth, all peaceful, all a good yeah. system. It works, is the ecological system, you know, everyone has his part. Like, doom, 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 doom. And then it gets disrupted. You know, yeah. uh, disrupted by the violence and, and everything that he discussed with, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's interesting. You know, I, I yeah. remember I used to not enjoy it, uh, particularly, maybe because of what you said, that it's a bit random. But uh, I think your rendition here was really cool. You know, it's... Uh, well, thank you. I think it lifted this this part for me, actually, to be honest. Yeah. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh, what do you know? Really nice to hear it interpreted. I don't know, what would you add to that, Sean? Sure. Yeah. Yes, well, I mean, I'd say, uh, first up, for me as well, that didn't used to be a song that I particularly enjoyed. And uh, so I didn't, I haven't really listened to it very much until like the last couple of years where I've sort of been giving it a second chance. And now I really, I really dig it. And I, I wish they, I think it'd be really cool. They tried to do that live yeah. at some point. They, they probably won't, but no. uh, it's really cool. And it's just really cool hearing it like this. Yeah. Uh, it, all the bits kind of stand out a little more yeah. Yeah. in a very cool way. So yeah, it's, yeah, we're like we're in a good spot here in Made in A to Z. We got this like yeah. Yeah, new, <laughs> new ISO tracks. I mean, of uh, yeah, exactly. Christian as well. Like uh, listening to all those Smith solos, we had such oh, yeah. a good yeah, time. yeah, such a good time. And yeah, it was yeah. Christian is just an amazing guitar player. I love his uh, like great tone, great time. Everything about him is like amazing. Yeah, was, that was great. That was great. And I, like to stay a little bit on this song. Do you know the the chorus riff? It's an interesting riff. Uh, something like that yeah. something like that I, I, I probably messed it up slightly totally now but. like death metal vibe in that chorus you know yeah exactly yeah yeah really it stands out that's a very different song in in every aspect you know yeah 
uh, and I mean harmonically i was thinking about it this were just now i mean it kind of changes key like all over the place in the intro like it starts off in like i guess e minor but then that's like he goes from well i guess e minor still but then like some well that's like a sus4 e major yeah. I mean, clearly, clearly, he's not theoretically driven, right? No, 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 <laughs> no, no, not at all. Very physical but guy. I come back to this time and time yeah. again, especially with this show, that everything Steve does is so physical. He's not much for yeah. metaphors and stuff. Uh, most of his things are like this is what it is. It's like the yeah. perhaps the yeah. footballer in him, you know, the football yeah. aspect. Yeah. He's a super physical guy, but still, like, obviously not a not a not a dummy. You know, there's always obviously no, a no, lot no. of things going on in his brain. But, but the way he projects it is physical. Yeah, and this album, The X Factor, it's it's so dark. And that's what I love about it, because it's like, it's it's kind of like telling the story about his divorce, in a way, in yes. like a metaphorical sense. And there are a lot of like, a lot of like, you know, doubtful themes and, you know, everything from like, should I should I even be alive to yes. like what kind of world are my daughters and kids growing up in like all of that it's it's a really dark album after the war what does a soldier become it's like oh yeah and why are we fighting at all you know that's why, yeah, exactly. that's why I always kind of believe the theory that aftermath is really about the aftermath of the divorce in, yeah. in a wartime setting so in this case there's a little bit of metaphor going on but still yeah, yeah. it's very like He's pretty much straightforward guy, I would say, yeah. in, in the way yeah. he deals with uh, with things. And, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Cool. You picked uh, two bass lines now of the Blaze era. I like that. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, it's very cool. We are. I would say that we're advocates of this era, definitely. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. 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 I mean, it has its place. It certainly has. I. I mean, I, I really like the X Factor. That's like, like I said, one of my top five Maiden albums. Uh, Virtual Eleven, I, I I never really got into that album, mostly because like the songs, I, they feel they don't feel as good, they mm-hmm. don't feel as angry, and there is not well, it, it feels kind of you know like oh okay we got to do another album. Yeah, this wasn't and to your point, what we wanted. To your point there, like the, our acclaimed Maiden professor Hendrik Johansson, he said that apparently they recorded a lot of the backing tracks for Virtual Eleven blind. They didn't know. The final vocal no. melody that would be on it. So obviously you will get less musical presence uh, from, from the musicians if they don't know. Like famous example, Lars Ulrich recording for Black Album. Bob Rock insisted that everyone plays along with him when he dr- when he does his drumming, and he really kind of joined in on that idea because he is a yeah. full picture kind of guy. So mm-hmm. he plays better when he feels the whole song yeah. when he gets the whole song, and I agree with that. I mean, when I record, I try to do more and more these co-joined sessions because again yeah. today with our technology we can make it sound really good so yeah. as a band you can play basically hearing the product in real time exactly and, and you'll uh, play better. i mean yeah and that's like one of the things that i think kevin shirley has really like brought back to me in like the live aspect of it like them playing together in a room yeah uh, i mean it's so valuable that's like where the the magic happens yeah that's that's where you get the sloppy isolated tracks but the amazing full experience when you listen to the final album because it's human i mean if you think about it like how many 
great classic albums are like full of weird things like mistakes and whatnot they're like you don't even think about it like if you i'm i've been listening to iron man by tony iomi his like book about himself Uh, and i was thinking about the intro to paranoid like when you hear the the guitar intro it's like is it a shuffle is it straight you don't know until like the beat comes in Mm -hmm. it's like today you would just like quantize it and yes. time stretch it and like oh no do another one it's not perfect like right but- right and eric uh, d- uh, um, kind of um, pointed this out very succinctly in i think an early episode the people online they're going like this this isolated bass track is sloppy it's like it's not sloppy no, 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 it's not it's, it's in context of context with you know the entire band not not to a click track exactly uh, and i mean that's what makes maiden great to this day that's why i get like an adrenaline rush when I hear a new Maiden track. That's why, like, when I heard um, "Speed of Light," I was like, "Yeah, it's a new Maiden song." Yeah, thank yeah. you. I needed this. I needed <laughs> yeah. this in my life. Yeah, we all do right now too, right? Yeah, oh, must die. Yeah, well, yeah. It, it must be done. It must be done. But yeah, yeah, that's a big can of worms too. So I, I think we should like stride on with yet another baseline because we. That's yeah. All right. All right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see if I can. Uh, yeah, this is one of like my my favorite Maiden tracks that I don't think they will ever play live again. But it's um, it's uh, well, you, you'll hear. Oh, yeah, you. Waste. I know that is. Maybe you want to guess though. Yeah, I could wasting love. I think. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's yeah. The, I've, I've had a problem with that song, and we will get to that in four years. But yeah. <laughs> but but, uh, but this part, it's it's the redeeming part for me. I love this part, and it yeah. kind of reminds <laughs> me of it. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of uh, uh, "Still of the Night" by Whitesnake. Actually, uh, it's a similar kind of symphonic part in that one. Yeah, from '87. It's a kind of similar era, and uh, just how it's phrased is kind of this. I haven't played it, but I'm hearing a kind of sus type vibe to yeah it, it's a sus uh, too so nice so, cool. so nice and very yeah. melancholic yeah and i mean there are so many great aspects about that song the mix however is not one of them in my humble opinion mm-hmm. but like the lyrics are really good uh yannick wrote some great guitar lines in that one and steve does this i mean i was a real sucker for like bass fills when i was learning and like he does something like that i probably butchered it now but he does this like quick bass fill before the verse starts and it's like oh i want to do that i want to do a tasteful bass fill yeah. in the ballad. <laughs> yeah, I'm still obsessed with those, you know, and uh, he plays yeah. really cool in ballads. I think across the yeah. board, if you go from Purgatory, uh, no, not Purgatory, from uh, Prodigal Son and uh, yeah. Strange World, uh, Remember Tomorrow, uh, onwards into Revelations, um, mm. everything is, 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 I mean, he's not doing like the, it's not that left field, but it's very no. hilarious and with his, you know, clanky hard tone, but he's still kind of, it's something smooth about it still yeah. uh, very good and, uh, in a ballad i would say 
Yeah, uh, and that's another cool thing about his playing because when he writes the song, the song, the song. When when Steve, yeah, sorry, when when, <laughs> when Steve writes the song, I, I find that he often gravitates towards playing like uh, yeah. fourth guitar. But when he plays bass on a track that, like, say, uh, Bruce or Adrian has written, uh, like in Revelations. Then he plays bass like a bass player right. would. Yeah, and we've been onto I, that I, as well. It's also a topic, yeah. a made an easy topic that he kind of always steps up the game when he yeah. when he didn't write the song. My theory is that his head is not full of the song. He's coming no, in exactly. only as a musician, not as the creator. So he doesn't have to be so rooted. He's not holding up the fort. He's adding to the fort. Exactly. You know. And interestingly enough, that the exception to that is actually Speed of Light because in the chorus of that, it's just him doing a. Or at least the beginning bit, it's just him doing a single note that he's repeating. Yeah. Whereas if it, but that's not a Steve song. That's a, a Bruce and uh, Adrian song. Yeah. But so you'd assume he'd be all over the place, but he's yeah. just sort of doing them. Yeah. He's doing his job. And yeah. that's like a testament to how, how great of a bass player he is yeah. in like the context of Iron Maiden. He's the best bass player that Iron Maiden ever could have. He, uh, he is Iron Maiden, right? <laughs> yeah, ex yeah, exactly. And I mean, if you listen to the recordings of Eddie Casillas playing with uh, Bruce yeah. on like the, the solo, I mean, he plays it like a perfect studio player would play. Like yeah. if you listen to uh, like uh, oh, Two Minutes to Midnight, sure. it's perfect. I love but uh, it's not, Casillas, though. I really dig him. I yeah, was, I yeah, was me too. I more than our friends, our Swedish friends. And I was yeah. on their show talking about the three last Bruce albums. And we really raved over, over Casillas. I mean, he's a cool player. I think what I really like. Yeah, the, to the tower. Yeah, right? the, yeah, the tower, yeah. So cool. Oh. And he, he dampens that one, too. He, he makes yeah, the staccato. Yeah, he's got, he's got, he's got, yeah. He's it's got a yeah, great cool. technique. Yeah, uh, yeah. But he's different. I like that. Yeah, he, he doesn't yeah, sound like yeah. Steve. He's a way different. No, beast. exactly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and that's like because there is only one guy like Steve. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, he's unique for sure. Like, yeah, 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 he find really another is. Steve. Like, uh, even the way no. he looks. Imagine if he would grow a huge mustache, he would look crazy. <laughs> he would yeah, look absolutely <laughs> mad. Yeah, yeah, he really would. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and I mean, no one plays bass like an and. and I would like. I would love to know how he learned to play. Like, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I guess he must have done some covers, like growing up and like playing pubs and whatnot. He was in and, uh, Smiler, for example. I'm going to let you continue, yeah. but just adding to that, he was in Smiler, which was kind of a boogie-based yeah. band, and you can hear a little bit of that. He wrote "Innocent Exile" yeah. for those guys. You know, and I think he has this kind of. I don't know what to say. I think he's the guy that always takes a situation and he goes into it as himself. He said himself yeah. that, you know, I want to play my kind of music. And if no one wants to support that, I'd rather wipe the streets, which I did, you know? Yeah. So yeah. he'd rather be this guy cleaning up the streets and, and the sidewalks than playing what is not in his heart. No, exactly. Uh, and I mean, it shows. You can really tell that from the way he writes his songs and all of that. I mean... It's his way or the highway, and yeah, you much. gotta respect that. Pretty much, yeah. Uh, and I mean, 
later years you can really i mean you can tell that bruce has gone like into like the holy trinity of him rod and bruce like it's it's more of a trinity now more than yeah, steve being was, the yeah. yeah and it's so but, successful it's been so successful yeah. i think that that team of of leaders if you will is the ultimate yeah. one for maiden because i mean yeah i didn't even realize this at the time in the early 2000s i didn't realize how big they had become because i became a fan in late 90s so I just saw, saw my first gig was 30,000, 33,000 people there. And yeah. uh, previously, like even in the 80s, in the heydays, you'd have like 7,000 on a Swedish concert, yeah. not even selling out an 8,000 capacity. So I think when they rejoined, it all went above the yeah. roof, you know, good management. I was I was actually in Stockholm uh, for that reunion uh, gig. I wasn't into Maiden or metal by then uh but i remember going on the bus back home to uh dalekarlia uh, and like seeing all of these metalheads being hung over and like oh it was an epic gig it was epic i was like oh what are you guys talking about you look scary and then <laughs> I, <laughs> and then i turn into one that's nice uh, i mean it's also not that scary we all know no, no, no. you know not even yeah, not even yeah. the black metal guys you know i've met many of them no, like no. let's say hellhammer from mayhem i met a couple of times and i, well, I was jamming out with him and his daughter playing acoustic guitar and uh djembe drum and stuff and you know it's it's all soft man it's all soft <laughs> that's yeah <laughs> everyone, that's awesome. everyone is a softy <laughs> yeah of, almost. Uh, we played we played at house of metal back in 2000 2012 uh, and mayhem were playing there uh, and i was actually a bit terrified about like meeting them in like the buffet line i was like oh <laughs> don't don't eat me yeah no, i don't <laughs> I know man. Uh, when i met no. them aside from necrobutcher doing coke backstage that was scary for me but aside from <laughs> that they were soft you know the nice guys yeah and, uh, in hellfest i had coffee next to sack wild and I also felt like this is just a nice grandpa figure here. Yeah. You know, he's a, he's a soft yeah. guy, you know. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, we should hit back, go back to the baselines. I'm yeah, back to baseline. more baselines. Yeah, more baselines. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm going to do another one from, yeah, you, you'll hear. Yeah, fortunes of war, right? Yeah, exactly. You will Brink's favorite song. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh. shout out to you. Yeah. <laughs> Hope yeah. you're listening. That's cool. Yeah. And also the guy from Scar Symmetry, right? You mentioned before, Eric. Well, he, he, yeah, but the Scar Symmetry guy actually liked the song. It's. I mean, <laughs> so he, it's he, he made a cover to prove that it was a good song, yeah. right? To made him put them because oh, yeah. they completely didn't get the song. And I think it also has this very cheeky guitar line that i've always liked yeah. it's not the typical yeah. maiden line it's too cheap no no it's kind of like uh, yeah okay no, uh, yeah <laughs> I don't but, know. but it's kind of like like you said a a a sad tool song in e standard and not drop d in a way yeah, in a way yeah yeah in a way there's like, a strange tool it, vibe all through x factor yeah X-Factor, and i think yeah. that's an attempt to go 90s but it's not one of the failed attempts to go 90s i think no. Some of the ballads they did were too close to trying to become uh, November Rain or something like that. No, right? Yeah. Because they never really did a great ballad. And I think Bruce, he kept trying. He did Son of a Gun. He did uh, Tears of the Dragon. Some people like yeah. it. I'm not too into it. And so on. But this aspect of Made in Go in the 90s, when they're trying to go progressive 90s, a rhythmical, yeah. uh, I dig it. You know, it doesn't always yeah. work. Unbeliever no. verse. It's, it's just off. You know, that's tool with brain yeah. damage. <laughs> but... Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but this is... This is Having cool. a seizure. It's pretty cool. It's yeah. a new approach. Yeah. 
Yeah, and like you have also this one on, on the same album. I'm gonna leave X Factor after this one, but. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and there is another thing that Steve does. He moves like. He doesn't care about uh, like the key of the song. Uh, he moves like in. He moves the shapes. Yes. Rather than thinking about like the 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 harmonic, uh, the correct theory, I mean it's the same in. In Seventh Son, when he goes, yeah, whoa, that part. One of my favorite parts of this band altogether is so vibe rich. Yeah, so good, yeah. so good. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I know, I, I know Christian doesn't like that album. I, I love, I love Seventh Son of Seventh Son. Well, I love Christian like, is a boomer, you know. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He's, he's, a, he's a boomer. <laughs> not really, not really. But yeah. no, no, no. Hello, Christian. I hope you're listening. Uh, I think. Yeah. Uh, I guess you're the youngest guest so far. I think uh, you're born yeah. in the oh. late oh. 80s, early 90s. I recall. Yeah, late 80s, 88. Yeah, I was born the same year as Seventh Son. So that's why I, I yeah. guess I, I kind of. And for me, same <laughs> year like as um, Summer in Time. Eric uh, Powerslave. Same year as Peace of Mind. Peace of Mind. Okay, oh. yeah. that's a good one. That's a good one. We got. We that's all got that's a good one. going on there. You know, some of their best. Yeah. But yeah, Sign of the Cross has to be mentioned too. That part. It's kind. It, yeah. it involves the 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 diabolic tritone, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which they don't that often. They don't do it that often. No. He he mostly goes to like the yeah, to the, the, the sixth, flat sixth flat sixth rather than the uh, that one. Flat sixth is also like a really cool maiden move to do. You know, riffs like Moonchild or. Uh, Many oh yeah, others. Uh, Smith loves it too. The stretch chord, uh, the, you could call it the broken chord. That's what Don Svan yeah. referred yeah. to it as. Uh, it's kind of because it has so much that dissonance in it, which creates the drama and the mood. Yeah, exactly. And they don't they don't overuse this maiden. They are quite clean in in their major minor territory. Like uh, yeah, it's kind of church compatible note wise. Church compatible. But then in yeah. the song, which is actually about you know the cross. Then they put yeah, in the, the you get the, tone and how, how effective is that? I love it. And yeah, exactly. Very long build up, yeah. strange rhythmical phrasings with these arbitrary yeah, five eights very odd. that just come in. Yeah, and, um, yeah I mean, uh, then it breaks out to that huge melody. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, what a, when, what I, when I saw uh, Rock in Rio, when they played uh, that, I was like, oh my God. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what a good song. Something just occurred to me that um, and I had not thought about this until this exact moment that if someone uh, stumbled upon the X Factor album, having not heard anything else and loved it and loved the sound and it was amazing, yeah. it's their favorite album and they, you know, they, they cried the whole way through it's, and, and then they discovered the other albums, they wouldn't like them, would they? No, I, no, exactly. I have a friend as such. I have a friend as such. My friend Daniel from Uplans Vespi was a bass player in my first band and we still play together occasionally. He is the X Factor guy. That he, he had to make, uh, put effort into enjoying other maiden stuff. He couldn't do it? Because that was his album. Yeah. That was his album. And now he can, kind of. I, I almost forced him. Yeah. Like, come on. <laughs> you know, he listens to yeah, my exactly. pod and we did this four hour special on maiden. And then he realized, <laughs> okay, maybe I should should uh, check it out. Try it. Uh, so yeah. he did go through the whole <laughs> discography. But as did Christian, you know, uh, sometimes yeah. it's hard to teach an old dog to sit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Sometimes it's hard to teach an old dog to like albums that aren't the X Factor. <laughs> <Right>. Exactly. <laughs> or in Christian's case, to like X Factor. 
Yeah, like, like, so that, yeah. that's also the point of, uh, of of the show with guests. Like the, also the different yeah. ages, how you got into the band, and everyone's different version of of what this band is all about, right? Yeah, yeah, and obviously the band is about Steve. So yes. now we <laughs> yeah. more basslines. Let's do it. Yeah, more, more basslines. Uh, funny. Yeah. Le- um, speaking of you know Steve sticking mostly to conventional tonality, here's one where he breaks out of that. Augmented chords yes. before it goes to goes to the minor ones, and there is another cool thing because it goes from D major to D minor. Yes. Yeah, it's good that you brought that one up because I introduced us. We're coming from the land of the snow and ice. Uh, actually yeah. not where no one has been though because we have 10 million inhabitants at this point but still yes. you know so many yeah. people have been yeah. but, <laughs> but we're all freezing right now we're freezing yeah <laughs> rhyme of the ancient mariner what a, what a, what yeah. a cool part there and uh, it's yeah. just, I don't favor it as much as that thing you played from Seven Sun I think that's more vibey but I've come to enjoy it more and more as I got older and yeah it's kind of this full and note full tone scale you know in a sense yeah know, everything yeah. Is yeah. yeah in a way you get the augmented yeah. chords guys have played Zelda games at any time? Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. No. As soon as you get lost, you know, it's this dream, falling into a dream type uh, yeah. tonality. Uh, it's Lost Woods or something like that, you know, and I think that's a different... Yeah, scale, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, right. Yeah, yeah, you get the... The, the Lydian mode. Yeah, it's actually. actually a bit of that, yeah. That's a Lydian mode song, and then uh, uh, which is famous among, like, shred guitarists or, you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's yeah, an exactly. exciting mode. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, let's not dive into Zelda, that will... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be another part, I guess, another part. <laughs> yeah, it would be another part. Yeah, Zelda, uh, yeah, Maiden, Maiden Ghost Zelda. Uh, but that bass line, like, that entire song, uh, yeah. is like a lesson in Steve Harris 101, yeah. and some of the things that he, he loves to do, like pedaling on the D note. Number of the Beast, Clairvoyant. Yeah, 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 exactly. Exactly, and he also does it in um, oh, how uh, to take the land. It's such a bass-driven song. If you listen to yeah, the yeah. the bass takes so much of the space. Yeah. That's so cool. And that's also a song that doesn't make sense harmonically. Because it goes from like the to be more a, a standard minor scale from the the dominant flats. No, no, it's the 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 Phrygian dominant. Yes, but Steve doesn't know that, and Steve doesn't care he about doesn't that. No, oh, he doesn't. But it's a very metal scale. I used it yeah, all yeah, the time yeah, when yeah. I was a kid in my death metal band. All the time, this kind of uh, tension that builds because most of the 
scale moves are either half step or one and a half step. Yeah. So it's it's this exotic vibe to it. But uh, I wanted to backtrack just a tiny bit because uh, do you know any other riffs, bass riffs from Rhyme? There's so many cool mm, ones there. From, from, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. great at build like leaving the riff and just going to like playing the chords instead to like give some tension yeah uh, and not just sticking with the riff the entire time and also this That's, steady melodic playing like you really yeah. played here is super melodic it, it really yeah. sings the song if you will and uh, yeah to tame a land as well there's this super speedy part too that I, I, I'm not sure I would nail it. It's not like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I haven't played it in so long. I'm like gonna butcher that one as well. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's like it's a great. That's another like great testament to his playing mm. and yeah, and his songwriting. Like really, is. he doesn't. He, he's he's not stuck in the modes and the theory, but somehow he still accesses it and uses it to his advantage to like create tension and create you know interesting melodies. That you still can sing along to. That's yeah. like uh, one of my favorites. Do you know this, Eric? Yeah, I, I, I know this one. This is uh, this is Blood Brothers, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. The yeah. the bridge. Yeah. Oh, goosebumps! Oof. That's just a good song. When it goes into three time, you know, it does that quite often. Yeah, like yeah. Nico goes like, one, two, three. The heavy metal waltz, if you will. Yeah. Oh, it's beautiful. Really cool song, Blood Brothers. Yeah, and you play that the intro, obviously. Let's hear it again. Actually, it's so nice. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Of course. That, that no one else would get away with, like playing chords. Instead of just playing, playing like a, a standard bass line. And it works. Yeah, I, it I, works. I emulated that for the Maiden AZ pod intro song. Yeah. Uh, that obviously I yeah. had to, you know, emphasize on, on, yeah. on the chords. And mm. usually they, they come in at the, the eight beat, 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 the eight beat, uh, beat. of a song, uh, of a riff, you mm. know, like. Yeah, exactly. The, and yeah. that's where he puts the full-on chord to add the power yeah. to it. Yeah. 
Yeah. Mm. Cool. And you have a really good uh, so cool. bass tone going there. I like your sound. Yeah, thank yeah, you. It really works for yeah. this. Maybe for other things too, I guess, you know. And when you when you do your own stuff, I guess you you have a a way different register that you work with because it's from what I get what I've gathered mainly uh, prog metal, right? Yeah, I, I've, I've been doing that a lot uh, with the structural disorder. However, we disbanded uh, two years ago, actually, but we, we, we released our final song last year. Um, so with that, but I, I kind of had like more modern metal tone, like more uh, high end distortion, if you will. Um, not too much distortion, actually. I'm, I'm pretty based in like the amount of gain that Steve has mm -hmm. and this tone is more of something that I would use with uh, Six Feet Deeper, my other band which is more like classic hard rock live in a room band okay. um, mm -hmm. so yeah this is this is the clean tone I should add, I, I usually play with a bit more uh, teeth yeah. and maybe you're uh, using patches, unlike Steve I guess. yeah yeah yeah, yeah exactly, I, I, I go between different patches to like get different tones, like get the get the chorus and why not yeah so, so nice you have a good chorus so nice yeah. what is that is that chorus from a multi-pedal or and it's part of the 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 cortex so it's it's one of really the choruses that's in it really good sounding yeah yeah, yeah it's 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 the vintage chorus You know, it widens the tone, and I've only got it set for it. Like th this bass has two pickups, so the the P pickup, the precision pickup, is it's kind of like here's what that sounds on its own. It's kind of thin, but that's the only one that gets the chorus, and then really the is. neck pickup. Yeah, and then the neck pickup stays clean, so you get the the fundamental yeah. low end. It's a good way to do it, and I think you've got a pretty slow rate going there as well. It's not yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly, because. A lot of uh, novice players, they might uh, to take the rate up too high, and then it becomes yeah. this kind of uh, mosquito chorus. Yeah. yeah, a slow chorus, almost phaser, uh, flanger slow. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm gonna play just. This is a really short snippet of this. Okay, can you guess this one? Love it. Yeah, I got it. I got it too. Got it. <laughs> Who should say it? I'll say the I'll say the 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 first two words. And you right. say the last third word. I'll say flight of. Well, I don't think that's it. Is that isn't it? Isn't it? Remember tomorrow? No, no it's flight of Icarus. I think it is. Flight of Icarus. Yeah, yeah. I love that it's, riff, a, that Smith. it's a precursor. Smith. Oh. And that's another example of where Steve actually plays bass more like a bass player. Yeah. Because he, lo he locks in with the kick drum and doesn't play like a uh, third guitar player. Yeah. I love those fills. Yeah. mix it up yeah that's embarrassing yeah but it's good that you did because then everyone knows that we're actually guessing for real yeah <laughs> you know? that's why yeah, you gotta fuck it yeah up that's sometimes. good you gotta fuck up sometimes yeah. you know but he this is again with those stretch power chords with the uh, yeah the, the, the small the small sixth like, um, really uh, tension again you know you build this tension the riff is great yeah. and the, the way he interpreted a bass line for it is equally great i think it's yeah very good and what a what a good pre-chorus i often 
say that a yeah. pre-chorus should be like you're you have this bow right and you're you're, you're yeah you're yeah. Just yeah you're stretching it, the bow yeah it and you're pulling it and then you release you shoot out the arrow for, yeah. for the chorus yeah. and i think this one has a great function as such and i think the the best solo goes over this riff, if I recall correctly. I think uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Christian performed uh, that very solo on. Uh, we should we should get you guys on the same time. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. In the that, same would, that would be amazing. Yeah, that'd be cool. We, we could do that when we're uh, when we meet each other, real, yeah. Like in the room, yes. we could uh, like play our favorite tunes together. Oh, would, oh yeah, that'd be yeah. great. Yeah, let's, yeah, yeah. Let's do that. Well, let's do that. Could, do the, could play drums. Yeah. Oh, he's really good too. Yeah. Yes. I have this yes. idea of uh, making the Made in A to Z uh, tribute band at one point. You know, that would yeah. be really nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I said before, and I will say it again, that we have a great pool of musicians here in Stockholm. And uh, yeah. they all kind yeah. of like Maiden, I figured. I didn't know that when I started. I thought Maiden was maybe this corny band or something that, you know, the real yeah. musicians, they had gone further. But as I've discovered, that's not the case at all. No, 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 no. They all love Maiden, and uh, well, as should I'll still go like yes. Yeah, yeah, it's real nice. Uh, one last for the road. Yes, sure, sure. Uh, let's see. I'm, I'm gonna. I need to check my list so see to see that I haven't forgotten about. You know, I, I actually did a list for this one. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's take this one. I was. Oh, sorry. I was. I was so happy when I heard this one. few words but yeah <laughs> the, the 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 red and the black and i mean that's such yeah. a classic steve song i think among the all the all the reunion era songs i think it's one of the most steve song it's so steve yeah definitely yeah. good that you brought it up I, I think it's double tracked i think he tracked it both with the acoustic bass and his electric because because it's like it, it makes again a bass line it's like what what is he playing <laughs> I, when I was I was trying to work out the song, like when we got released, I was like, huh? huh? You can play. I mean, I can do crazy stuff, but I can do, I can play yeah. those notes at the same time. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, I, I like that you put the effort in to bring all these yeah. really odd lines. Yeah. You know, we had, we had Blood yeah. in the World's Hands, and then we have this one, you know, this is kind of extracurricular stuff, you know. This is not, this is yeah. not your basic uh, no, 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 no. stuff. Yeah, it's, it's really cool. And, Red and the Black is a very nice song. It didn't stick with me the first time I heard it because it's a bit uh, eccentric in a sense, you know. It's, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and one thing that a friend of mine, Luca de la Fave, a great guitar player, he, he said, he, I think it was he said it, that he didn't like that he that Steve had Bruce singing the whoa whoa that like oh, I agree with it him. was kind of like yeah it was kind of like you know hey audience do your thing here but I get it and I mean I really like it yeah, yeah me too yeah. because it's like I, I mentioned yeah, the it's, very same thing actually in the show that I thought also that he could have kept cool there he wouldn't have had to yeah. prompt the audience because they would have done it no. anyway but you know it's yeah. uh, it, it's his band it's his band I mean, <laughs> it's him operating freely as we all want him to do right so. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, exactly. 
it's a good one yeah and uh, yeah. i think you, you you have to put your daughter to sleep right yeah exactly she, it's it's her it's her bedtime yeah uh, so i mean we could wrap this out as a duo that's no problem and uh, okay uh, i mean i don't know if you're really super on the clock or if you have no I, I have a i have a few minutes well, yeah, so, so let's right. do it all trios then yeah all right <laughs> then what could we say in general about this uh, yeah. like we've said a lot already but uh, just uh, I think we need to yeah. do it again at some point this was very fun yes yes I would agree with that yeah and uh, good yeah, cool, totally. cool choices I think you made some definitely some, uh, some uh, deep cuts deep cut choices yeah there. and also great. like small nods to the to the classics like the Tamer Land and Rhyme and mm. Seven Sun uh, did we play anything of the first two or three uh, let's, uh, yeah, first let's three play us out with there <laughs> what a classic killer yeah it's good. Yeah. Yeah. Also a standout one and i think it's a mood kind of mood line you know it, it's not really like check this bass line out no it's no more like uh, this is where it starts this sets the scene yeah sense. yeah it really yeah it's, it sets the scene yeah correctly yeah. exactly and with the maniacal screams of diano and uh, the the, yeah. the trills yeah. really cool Yeah, great tune. It's a great song. Yeah, now we uh, in, in context of this, maybe as a, a way to wrap it up for for you for this episode, uh, could you address the way he developed over the years? We already said that he kept pretty much the same tone, but in terms of writing the bass lines and playing them, what do you think? Yeah, I, I think he kind of he stayed true to like what he was all about when he started, and you can always, in in my humble opinion, you can always tell that he comes from a band that doesn't have three guitar players because he plays bass like a rhythm guitar and he wants to like fill out the sonic space. Um, however, I mean, his songwriting is such a huge part of like his playing. Uh, so, I mean, you can really tell how he's evolved as a songwriter and like how he's adapted to the different vocalists and all of that. And I mean, it, it kind of, like Bruce says in his book, like every line that Steve does be it like the bass line a guitar part or the vocal part you should be able to anyone should be able to sing it yes B because like most of the fans don't speak english correct so therefore they need to be able to sing something mm. so uh, he's a very melodic player and he's always been that and i think he always will be uh, i haven't checked out his solo stuff as much as i probably should uh, for being a steve harris nerd but yeah he's He's evolved and yet stayed true to his uh, colors, yeah. if that if that makes sense. I think it does make sense. And, yeah. and, and he's a great proper bass player, if you listen to the songs that he hasn't written himself. Right. Uh, actually, then you can hear like the standard meat and potatoes bass player. Yeah. And that's always cool. That's, that's my conclusion, Your Honor. Thank you. <laughs> Very good conclusion. It's approved. Yeah. yeah definitely. And I think... Uh, that dichotomy is interesting. We, we will keep getting back to that. that when Definitely. he didn't write the song, uh, Contra, he wrote the song. And how he approaches it, I wouldn't say way differently, but definitely differently. You know, co coming yeah. in as the bass player instead of the songwriter. And uh, yeah, I mean, we, you couldn't imagine this band without his bass, right? 
It's so integral. No. It's so integral. It stands and falls with his clanking yeah. bass. It really does. Yeah. Yeah. Good place to end, I would say. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Thank you for coming by. Yeah. Thank you for having me. We're a lucky bunch here in Made in A to Z. We get these uh, great musicians to come in and and uh, just uh, pay extra tribute to to this band that we love. So. Really and we get to see just yeah. listen to cool stuff, which is great. Yeah, I hope I didn't butcher them too badly. Oh, it, was, it was amazing, man, dude. It was top notch. <laughs> it's absolutely live. I'm gonna add also, so like. Yeah, 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 yeah. For, for no, anyone listening. No overdubs. No overdubs. Yeah, this is. Can do it again. Yeah. Can turn the click up, pre- please. <laughs> None of that. So. No. Yeah. And uh, yeah, yeah, I hope you come on again at some point. I think we have, we have, Me we too. have a lot of a lot of areas to discuss here. Definitely. Oh yeah. yes. So that's about it. And uh, I'm going to address you listeners too. Thanks for sticking with the three of us for this hour and a half. Or I think it's hour and a half. Something hour like that. Hour or something, yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And um, we are on the bees now. So we're, we're getting somewhere, I guess. But uh, Definitely, we're going we're, forward. We're not, we're not rushing for W, mm. let's put it like that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So have a great day, everyone. Uh, you too, and of course, everyone listening. And uh, yeah, up the irons. Yeah. Up the irons. <laughs>